We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we create today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. I think some people, you know, they approach budgeting from the wrong way, like coming up with a high level figure and saying, okay, I'm having this wedding and I want to spend X on it. And that's all well and good. Like you've got to have, I guess, a start point, but I think you actually need to go the other way and sort of say, okay, well, how much is my ideal photographer costing? You know, there's no point in setting a budget and your ideal photographers say six or 7,000, but your budget only allows for three. You're only going to keep disappointing yourself or having uncomfortable budget conversations with your partner. Hi, I'm Lucy, wedding photographer. And hi, I'm Eddie, wedding videographer. And this is Unveiled, your little black book of weddings. Let's get you guys hitched. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Luce. How are you going? Good. How are you? Back with another episode. And today we have Lara from Honey Lane Events. Yes, Honey Lane Events are a full service wedding planning and styling company and their services are across Sydney and regional New South Wales. We had the pleasure of actually working with Lara and the team just a few weekends ago yeah, at, at Redleaf. Redleaf. How good was that wedding? It was an amazing <laughs> it wedding. It was really good. Yeah, it was super fun. We got to work together. Ed was on video. I did photos. Um, yeah, but it but was just, just an all-round banger, that yeah, one. Yeah, it was. The thing I love the most probably in this episode is the way that Lara structures budget. Yeah. It's a really different perspective, one that I had never thought of either, but it makes complete sense. Yeah, and she's very honest about it, which what we love. Yeah, so here is Lara from a planning, styling and a somewhat coordinator's point of view on weddings. Enjoy, guys. Let's jump in. Hey, Lara, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? Very good. Very excited to have you in. A long time no see. Not. I know. <laughs> when did I see you? Last, Last week. week. Last I weekend. Think it was. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. it's nice to see you, nevertheless. Nice. No, yes, it is. And a beautiful wedding that was, actually. So let's just yeah. kick it off. How did Honey Lane come about? Well, I feel like it's a bit of a common story, to be honest. So um, really the short answer is I was inspired by my own wedding, which was um, 11 years ago now. Uh, But um, I was in corporate marketing before that. So I did 10 years of corporate events, um, which I liked from an event perspective, but I didn't particularly love the non-creative aspect of corporate events Um, so I had my own wedding which was in Bali it was amazing I had a wedding plan I had the best best time amazing you got married in Bali I did yes I know it was amazing in Changu probably before Changu was Mm. you know as cool as it is now yeah it would have been yeah Um, but yes as I said had a wedding planner and she was incredible and I just had the best experience and journey along the way had the best day Um, And then I came back and a lot of my friends started getting married themselves uh, and didn't have planners because it probably wasn't as common 11 or so years ago. Uh, And so they weren't having a great time. You know, I was hearing things of, oh, my God, this is so stressful. I want want this to be over. I don't want to do this. And it made me sad because I thought it shouldn't be like that. You know, the weddings were beautiful on the day, but their journey that they had wasn't great. Um, and so I started, you know, jumping in, helping them. And uh, then I just realized I want to do this. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Was your biggest draw card getting a plan up because it was overseas or just you just kind of felt like you wanted to 
wanted to do that. To be honest, um, when I got married in Bali, I think you had to have a planner to access oh. a lot of the venues and things. So it wasn't I an option. I think that's still the same. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. It's probably actually very good <laughs> that they do that yeah. because being a international wedding and just the logistics that go on of being overseas, you're probably better off in someone else's hands. Yeah. How did you find your planner in Bali? Oh, gosh, Google searching. and yes. well, um, it was before Instagram. Was, yes, it was yeah. before Instagram. So Google searching, um, just chatting to people mm. and finding the right one that I connected with. Mm. So what's the biggest shift you've seen in, in the way couples are planning their weddings at the moment? Look, I think the market is so broad and couples obviously are, are so different in their approach and, you know, what they want out of their wedding. But like speaking from a Honey Lane perspective, what we're seeing from our type of clientele is that it's becoming less about the traditions and what you must do and it being like really structured and formal and more about remembering what it is and it's a celebration of your love and your relationship of where you've come from and where you're going to. And so we sort of say to our clients, like, you know, throw out all the traditions and then only bring back the ones that are meaningful to you or that you really want to do. So I think, yeah, from that respect, it's they're loosening up a little bit, you know, not so sort of stiff and formal. Yeah, well, you'd have you'd see such a broad spectrum from like one end to the other. So absolutely. And don't get me wrong, you know, we we still do, you know, the more traditional weddings, absolutely. But then on the flip side, you know, we're doing ones that have just totally flipped tradition on its head, which is nice. Yeah, nice. So let's talk wet weather. The past 12 months has been absolutely atrocious, to uh, put it lightly. How do you advise couples here? Do you have a plan A and B? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we always have had plan A, plan B. Um, but now, I guess more than ever, that plan B needs to be really solid. So I think in the past, you know, say, you know, five years before COVID, five years ago, whatever, um, the plan B was, oh, look, we're probably not going to have to do it, let's be honest. But if, if we do, then this is what we're going to do. And sometimes couples didn't even have a plan B. You know, we've done a lot of red leaf weddings um, with no marquee and we've gone ahead with that and it's been fine. And now I wouldn't dream of doing anything like that. Absolutely not. So for us now, what we say to our clients is look at your plan B as if it's your plan A. You know, you must be totally solid in what that plan B looks like from like a, a run sheet perspective as well because sometimes some timings have to shift depending on your venue. Um but also just, I think, looking at your day. Obviously, we all want to think positively. We never want to think, oh, it's going to rain. But the reality is there's a good chance it can rain on your wedding day. If you're getting married in Australia at the moment, it's like, what, we're going into the third year of this La Nina or whatever Like these once-in-a-hundred-year like... floods or whatever that happened every <laughs> six months. So how, how far out do you think couples need to make the call? Like if it's looking like, yep, it's definitely going to rain, how much notice do you think... You- they need to be given you and the venue. Well, it, it does depend on the venue. So, uh, for example, we're working at a venue next Friday and they've asked us to make the call the Thursday prior. Obviously, I've already done the full run sheet of both options because there is a slight timing shift. Um, there's a slight shift for all of our suppliers on where they've got to go, what the bump-in times are. Um, as I said, the ceremony time has to move back by half an hour. So, we've got both of those plans ready to go and super solid 
for them, we need to make the call, as I said, the, the day before. For other venues where we have a little bit more flex, um, we still have the two plans ready to go, but, you know, we might be able to make the call the morning of. Um, but in saying that, you need to have that plan B ready to go months before. So it's not just a week before thinking, oh gosh, we need a marquee because that's what everyone's thinking and good luck getting one. So you really do have to be prepared for rain months before. What would you say is the one thing that couples mostly overlook in terms of their planning? I would say budgeting correctly. Oh yeah. From the staff. <laughs> B word. We stuff that up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, I think it's just one of those things that you just need to, again, it's that realistic word. Yes. Yeah. I think some people, um, you know, they approach budgeting from the wrong way, like coming up with a high-level figure and saying, okay, I'm having this wedding and I want to spend X on it. And that's all well and good. Like you've got to have, I guess, a, a start point, but I think you actually need to go the other way and sort of say, okay, well, how much is my ideal photographer costing? You know, there's no point in setting a budget and your ideal photographers say six or seven thousand, but your budget only allows for three. You're only going to keep um, disappointing yourself or having uncomfortable budget conversations with your partner. Um, what I do is when I'm having an initial call with a potential client, I actually offer to do them a little sample budget. Like I know budgets inside out for weddings. It's a very easy exercise for me to do. And I would rather them go into the whole process knowing, oh, okay, I want my wedding at this venue. You just can't do it for this amount of money. And just being realistic about it from the start. That's amazing that you can kind of advise there too because I think that's a that's a big one. If you don't have sort of one person in the relationship that's, you know, loves the spreadsheets, loves the numbers, can do all of that, Eddie, um, <laughs> then you can get so lost. So that's a really good good thing to be able to do. So planner versus coordinator, what's the difference and do you actually need both? Sure. And you can obviously do both. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, um, yeah, so at Honey Lake we do do planning. Um, planning does, I guess, then encompass coordination as well. So um, with coordination, I guess, I mean, everyone's services are different in what they offer, um, but typically a coordinator will pick up the wedding, say, six or eight weeks beforehand. Um, and then help just tie up any loose ends, offer any final advice, do your run sheet, and then be there on the day to coordinate. Whereas what we do from a planning perspective is we take the client right from the very start. Often clients come to us, they don't even have a venue yet. So the first thing that we do is help them find a venue and navigate that whole process. Um, and then we, you know, take them through to finding them all their other suppliers. So photographer, hair and makeup, video, etc., etc. Um, looking after their budget, just supporting them through anything that's thrown your way. I mean, you guys have just been married recently. I feel like the booking process of, you know, booking a photographer, booking a video in is probably the easier part. And then it's all those just little things that come up along the way, which you don't even know is going to be until it happens. So run sheets. I feel like they're such a, like, I mean, for us, they're important, but for couples, I feel like they're quite, can be quite overlooked until that last sort of leg um, leading up to the wedding. Can you advise couples on structuring your run sheet to kind of maximise the time with their guests and so that they're not, you know, away doing different things for the entire day? 
Do you guys help with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Even last night I was working on a run sheet where we've just fully condensed down um, a lot of the formalities so that the couple and their guests have more time on the dance floor. So I think, yes, people, we're seeing our couples want to maximise their time with guests, as you said, so getting back to cocktail hour before it's finished and enjoying that, that's kind of one of the funnest parts about a wedding. And then getting everyone up on the dance floor as quickly as we can and not dragging out those formalities so I think yeah working with your photographer to see well can we do some photos straight after the ceremony but then can we do some more like during the reception when there's a beautiful you know particularly for summer weddings when there's like lovely light at like 7 30 or 8 o'clock um and yeah getting people back to the cocktail hour enjoying that part yeah so Lucy and I find that when we're shooting weddings couples get in touch about six weeks out and that's usually when the kind of the stress starts to to creep in what are some useful tips to help couples settle these emotions um well having a coordinator (laughs) or a planner will definitely help um you know again I think the the journey is like such a lovely one an exciting one but yeah that that last six weeks and you don't know until you've been married and if you don't have someone on your team to support you through that it's too late um you know doing or your RSVPs come in you're doing dress fittings family might be flying in from overseas or your guests are asking you a million questions um you know you're doing hens parties bucks parties like there's just so much that goes in and there's a lot that you can't as organized as you want to be there's a lot that you just can't do until that six weeks before so the more you can I guess carve off to someone to a supportive team who can guide you through that last six to eight weeks I think is would is very beneficial but if for some reason you can't or what have you I think just yeah just keeping focused on what the day is about like it is, as I said before, it's that beautiful celebration of your love. Like it, it's, that's it, you know, and it's one day. So you just really want to try and enjoy it as much as you can because, you know, with any luck, you won't be doing it again. So it's just trying <laughs> to find. Crossed. Yeah. <laughs> it's waking up in the morning with the right mindset of, yeah. wow, how exciting is this that I'm getting married? Yes, there's a lot going on, but it's for an amazing day rather than waking up going, oh my God, you know, here we go again, another stressful day of wedding mm. planning. I, do, I mean, uh, like personally, I found that the anticipation of the actual day was so much more stressful than the actual day. Yeah. You know, like you wake up on the day and you're like, oh, I actually feel like really ready to go and excited and you with your crew and I don't know it's I think it's like anything though it's the anticipation leading up to anything and then it happening and it happens and it's it's beautiful yeah and we've we've all been married it is literally the best day of your life and all mm-hmm. of a sudden as soon as that's happened all that worry that you had before the wedding is just gone yeah and you're just like why was I <laughs> yeah stressed about those little things yeah exactly yeah for sure and I guess this kind of ties into the next question but what would you say is like the probably the biggest positive to having a planner slash coordinator yeah, so I think definitely what we've already touched on in terms of, you know, the lead up those last six to eight weeks and then on the day. But something I guess we haven't spoken about is the support that we like to give our vendors as well. So them knowing that there's someone in charge, someone knows what that knows what they're doing. 
um, in the lead up. So especially when there's, you know, different venues that have different rules about where you can park or getting into the venue and all those little, you know, power if you need, you know, bands need different you know, cords electricity and, cords yeah, and all the yeah. rest of it. So we support them through all of those logistics so the couple don't and that the vendors can then and all of our amazing suppliers can turn up on the day and do their best job, not being worried about, oh, my God, am I going to get my crew meal? Like, you know, where, oh God, I don't, where to park, where do point. I leave my gear? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just supporting them. So that's one thing probably, yeah, as I said, the couples don't really see, but I think it does make a difference to the overall vibe of the day. Can I just say, do you think it takes a special kind of personality to be able to do that coordination planning job? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because do you think I, I you mean, can do it, Lucy? No, <laughs> absolutely that's what I was not. Say. So like, You're late to everything. Okay, <laughs> hold on. It's not about the late and timing thing. I was more thinking like, I get nervous asking for my crew meal, <laughs> and I just like even you know Becky and Lockie's wedding that we worked with you guys a week or so ago. It's so nice to not have to be the person that walks into you know where the caterers are and be like. Excuse me, I'm Are the photographer. Can I, have, can I have some food, please? It's just not. It's not a. It's not a fun thing to have to do. So I actually back that, and you know. But at the same time, I think it takes like quite a, you know, strong personality to be able to manage a whole raft of different people, bride and groom, guests, vendors, and you are such an angel, Lara. Oh. So it's like sometimes well, it it's is. It's like the, the person that's rocking up and there's clients. Yeah, you are running so the show. Yeah. It's, it's making sure that you, yeah, you come across in a calm way. I get that all the time. Uh, you know, yes. I get a lot of mothers coming up to me and saying, you're, you're just you're so, so nice. Um, <laughs> it's so true. The energy that you have on the day is crucial. Crucial. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you bring a really calm energy but at the same time you have to really fucking boss people around and it's like yeah but I like to think that you know we do so much work in the lead up that then on the day as I said everyone knows what they're doing where they're meant to be it's just flows you know and then anything that does come up because stuff does come up we deal with it like we're problem solvers really you know we're not just they're standing there you know making sure things run to time that's obviously one part of it but when things are thrown our way, we're dealing with it in a calm way and ensuring that nothing's bothering the couple that we're working with. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for that stab there, by the way. <laughs> Ouch. It was in his vows and <gasps> he's just said it again. <laughs> I really need to be more on time, clearly. It's really bothering him. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's funny. So let's talk styling. It can be quite hard for couples to articulate what they actually want. How do you help? couples come up with their wedding day look so we are all about uh, making our styling very personal and bespoke to the couple uh, and I guess what I mean by that is we want the wedding to essentially feel like something so we want the challenge that we take on at Honey Lane is we want their guests to arrive at the venue or venues and really feel like oh my gosh this is so them you know, because for me, they're the weddings that are memorable. Um, so it's not so much about, um, you know, riding on trends or, you know, I see people that do boho weddings and I know they're not a boho person. <laughs> so it is really 
for us, it's getting to know them. We ask them to do a Pinterest board, but not to come up with their look. That's what our job is, but just to gather lots of stuff that inspires them and it could even be like where they love going on holidays or where they love eating because that gives us an insight into who they are and then only then do we start to you know develop the mood board so I mean for people that don't have a stylist on board they can sort of you know take the same process um, in terms of you know just pinning lots of stuff or screenshotting on Instagram and then just sort of drawing out the things, what is it about those images that, that you're loving or inspiring and not worrying too much about, you know, what's trendy mm. at the moment. So, Lara, what's exciting you this wedding season? Oh, we, this is definitely going to be our most epic wedding season. Um, we have some fabulous clients, um, a few ones that you'll know the names of, which I won't reveal at this point, but we are very, very excited to be working with those people. Um, but also lots of new venues that we're working in. So um, super excited to be working a bit more down south. So places like Mona Farm and Trera House. Uh, we're doing a lot of weddings at those venues, lots of private property venues. So, you know, really for us being able to build a wedding literally from the ground up is super, super exciting. Um, but yes, I, it's going to yeah. be a big one. Nice. Yeah. I feel Amazing. like private properties are the diamonds in the rough because they have no curfew. <laughs> well, a lot of them don't. Yeah. Anyway. There are also places that haven't been done. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's new. A, yeah. It's a new blank canvas for people. Do you like prefer doing DIY? Or do you prefer working with venues that are a bit more like have that, you know, that same structure for every wedding? We like both. So we happily work in either. Our sweet spot, I guess, or what we're very experienced at is the private properties and building from the ground up. Obviously, there's a big cost factor involved that, you know, couples need to be aware of. And that's why, you know, as I said, I like to go through the budgeting process with them at the beginning and sort of allow them to understand, okay, if you're going to do it at your parents' farm or, you know, wherever, this is what it's going to look like. Um, but it is really fun for us because we literally get to pick every single bit that comes onto that property we are choosing, you know, even toilets I know it's like literally everything bins generated like everything so that's yeah. not that fun but obviously from a styling perspective you know being able to choose the cutlery and the linen and the glassware like literally everything um is is really fun and but it's not for everyone you know it's not it's not for all of our couples some couples just prefer to you know sort of be able to see it and know what they're getting so must be so nice when you get to see all of that come together. It's like, ah, we did it. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and your best bit of advice for future couples? I really, really wish I could tell all of my couples, and I do tell them this, but to really just focus on enjoying as much as you can the journey because at the end of the day, you know, as you were saying before, you do get to the day and, and the details that you might stress over, they really don't matter. Like having trust in the team and the people that you've brought on board is just so important. Like we are all professionals at what we do and we're here to sort of support you and guide you and, and just enjoy the ride. Because you'll only do it once, hopefully. I know. Or twice. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing advice, Lars. That was really good. 
Yeah, well, thanks for coming in today. We really yeah, enjoyed picking your brain and I'm sure you've yeah, provided some useful information to all of our listeners, so thanks so much. You're welcome, anytime. Lara from Honey Lane. Thank you for coming. Thanks, guys. Good thanks, to see Lucy. you. Thanks, Eddie. Bye.